In today's first ever episode of Make Money With Your Art, I'm gonna tell you my background, how I became a full-time artist, and kinda lay out the plans that I have for this podcast, and what you can expect to hear in future episodes. Welcome to Make Money With Your Art. I'm your host, BJ Dell. I'm a freelance artist who took creating art as a hobby and turned it into a full-time business that brings in six figures a year. In this podcast, I'm going to share with you what I've learned along the way to help inspire and motivate other artists like you. So if you want to learn how to turn your creative passion into a successful online business, keep listening. Make money with your art. Welcome to the most generically named podcast in the history of podcasts. So let's start out with the name. Yes, it's generic. I could have gone with something creative or funny or used puns or used a joke with it, but really kind of keeping up with the theme that I want to do with this podcast, I wanted to make the name as transparent as possible. So if you're an artist and you're flipping through any of the podcast providers, looking through the networks and you see this podcast, you know exactly what to expect. Wanted to keep it transparent, just like the information that I'm going to provide. So this first episode is going to kind of give you my background, how I turned art into a full-time career, my path and my journey along the way that will hopefully kind of give you some background information and inspire you on your own journey. I know some of you coming over from YouTube are already familiar with me. I do have a channel over there called Let's Draw with BJ Dell, where I do online art tutorials. So welcome if you guys hopped on over here from there. If you are new to me if this is the first time you've heard my voice coming through either your speakers or your headphones once again welcome just want to give you guys my background so everybody's on the same page jumping off so i know a lot of people can probably relate to this first thing and that was that i've always been an artist i was always an artist from an early age always remember you know growing up i could draw from the time that i picked up a pencil or crayon at a very very young age and the earliest memory that i have from this is probably back in preschool, and I'm going to date myself here, but I remember the preschool teacher making a big deal about something that I drew in class, and it was a picture of all the characters from the Rockafire Explosion, the Showbiz Pizza Band. If you guys aren't familiar with Showbiz, like I said, dating myself here, but it was kind of the precursor to Chuck E. Cheese, and you had the animatronic you know, characters on stage that played songs, and it was just this big thing in the 80s. So uh, that was my first memory, you know, the, the preschool teacher going crazy about this, pulling my parents in and saying, you know, this kid's got a ton of talent. You really need to foster this creativity. Uh, so that was my my first memory. And then, of course, always did art throughout school, you know, going through grade school, junior high and high school. And then in high school, I was always a good student, straight A student. I was a member of the National Honor Society and had a lot of opportunities that I could have pursued rather than art. But that was always my passion, always my first love. So I didn't really have like a plan B or a plan C. Doing art for a career is all that I wanted to do. Of course, the the type of art changed over the years. I think anybody that is an artist that was big into comic books, uh, you know, along the way, there was always that wanting to be a comic book artist, especially for me at the time growing up, image was really big. So you had, you know, the uh, Todd McFarlane's and the Rob Liefeld's and the Jim Lee's and stuff like that that you looked up to and really wanted to make that a career. And of course, once I started learning more and, you know, seeing deadlines and just how crazy the industry was, of course, things switched. And I started thinking about doing uh, either children's book illustration or, you know, advertising art. And that's kind of what led me into choosing art uh, and, and going to college for art as a career. And 
my main two choices in high school, I was either going to go to Savannah or RISD to further my art education. But of course, the best laid plans, right? Life happens and I didn't go to either. I actually went to a local college in town just to study graphic design. And it was a big misstep. Uh, at the time, of course, the internet wasn't as crazy as it was today. Uh, you know, there wasn't as much information out there. And I didn't really know what to expect from a graphic design program. Of course, in my head, I thought I was gonna be using computers with Photoshop. I'd already taught myself Photoshop in high school. We had a computer with the program installed in the art lab. So I taught myself Photoshop there. So I was already familiar with that. And I thought it would kind of combine that with my illustration skills and it would just give me the best of both worlds. And that was not the case. The college that I went to in the graphic design program was just that strictly graphic design. It was just learning about Photoshop, just learning, you know, some composition rules and typography and stuff like that, but absolutely nothing around drawing or illustration or combining traditional and digital. It was just the graphic design portion, which I absolutely hated. I uh, should have known there were some red flags going into it because uh, walking in the first day, there was people in my class that were in my graduating class who had not been big into art in high school. Of course, you know, to graduate with a diploma, you had to take so many electives, art being one of them. But then once you were done with that, you could move on to other stuff. I, of course, took art for all four years and, you know, took multiple classes throughout the, the same year just to double up to get as much art as I could. And I walked in and saw people, like I said, that I graduated with who just took the basic requirements and then were out. They weren't into art. I remember them from art class. They weren't, you know, the standout artists. They didn't like it. So it was like, what are you guys doing here? Why did you choose this? What's going on? And, you know, their response was basically, well, I kind of like computers and I think, you know, advertising would be cool to get into. So this is kind of what I want to do and just blew my mind because there was no art background there at all. And really with the program, there was nothing, you know, art focused. It was graphic design and the computers and, and nothing with that, like I said, hand-drawn illustration or using any of the stuff that I was passionate about. So at the same time in high school, and then also in college, I was working locally uh, for a retail company and I'd moved my way up there. I was the bookkeeper and the uh, accounts payable accounts receivable clerk there. So I thought, okay, this is something that I could do because my dad was actually a retail manager for my entire life. Uh, he had gone to college and got a teaching degree on uh, the time that he was in college. He was also working for Sears. And of course, you know, we're all familiar with Sears and where it's at now. And he's lucky that, you know, he had the career there because he actually ended up getting the teaching degree, kept with Sears in the uh, role of retail manager there and had retired from Sears, you know, before Sears, you know, totally went under like it is now and, and, in the horrible position that it's at. So he was lucky to get out when he did and retired, but uh, kind of growing up and seeing that, seeing his career there, knowing that he was able to provide, you know, for a family of four on that, I was like, well, retail's kind of in my blood, so I can do this. I've already worked my way up here at this company. And that's what I ended up doing. I ended up going into retail management for over 20 years. Like I said, it was something that was kind of in my blood from seeing my dad do it. So it was definitely something that, you know, I enjoyed, but at the same time, I always wanted to do more. Like I said, said, I didn't have that plan B or plan C. I really could not see myself doing anything besides art as a career. And here I am, you know, for the next 20 years doing retail. And I always drew on the side. It was something, you know, I always had a passion for and always kind of wanted to, to do more with. But at the same time, it was kind of one of those things that led to 
I guess a little bit of depression and feeling sorry for myself and feeling like, okay, even though I'm providing for my family, I'm doing this retail thing. I'm not doing what I should be doing. What I was told, you know, for years that I was going to do with my life that I was so talented at. And like I said, it led to kind of depression and I'm not doing what I should be doing with my life. And I really struggled with that for a long time. And it led to times too, where I would draw for, you know, a certain given amount of time. And then I would feel sorry for myself and say, well, if art's not going to provide for me, if I'm not going to be able to do art as a career as planned, I just don't want to do art at all. So I would fall off and, you know, not draw, not create anything for six months or a year at a time. And if you find yourself in that position, I guess this is my first piece of advice in this podcast is really don't give up. Uh, don't give in to those feelings of negativity and keep at it. Uh, of course, you know, if you want to draw every day, that's one of those cliche things is the best way to get better is to practice and draw every day. And that's true. Uh, you don't necessarily have to do it every single day, but I really urge you if you start feeling those times of giving up, of depression seeping in, kind of push yourself through it and still continue to create. Uh, even if it's every other day, just don't give up for months at a time. Uh, Cause there's stuff right now that I'll look back on. I'll, I'll have an illustration and I think, you know, 20 years down the line, man, this illustrations really good. It really holds up. And I know a lot of artists beat themselves up for past work and can't say that and think, wow, I've come a long way, but there's certain illustrations that I'll look at and say, yeah, that was really good. Uh, and then of course you've got that dated and then I'll look at an illustration that's dated for a year after that. And that illustration looks like garbage. And I can pinpoint exactly those times that I lapsed in creating stuff. When I took a break, when I felt sorry for myself, when I decided I'm going to give up on drawing because drawing gave up on me. Uh, and I, I can see where like I fell off, where my skill set took a few steps backwards. And I will kind of relate this analogy here, which I don't know a lot about because uh, I'm not a fitness guy. I don't work out, but it's kind of the same thing. So if you're, you know, working out in the gym and you're lifting weights and you're on this like crazy workout regimen, and then you stop for nine months or a year and you go pick it back up, you know, a year later, you're not going to be at the same level. You're not going to be able to lift the same weights or do the same number of reps and all that stuff. You're going to have to build back up and arts the same way. Of course, you kind of hold on to some of that skill set. But as it goes on, the longer and longer that you don't do it, some of those skills are going to kind of fall backwards and you're going to see definitely your skills taking a back seat to where they were. So don't give up. Number one, stick with it. So like I said, dealing with that kind of depression seeping in and and stuff along the way, I decided it was back in, I think it was, let's see, 2000. I decided, okay, I, I need to do something with my art. And I ended up getting a job at a local graphic design company here in town. And this graphic design company worked with different clients. And one of the first clients that, that I worked with, or I should say the first, the only client that I worked with was a clothing company that they had. And this uh, clothing company was doing a catalog for their clothes. And basically I was given uh, just a hard drive of thousands and thousands of images that were taken by a photographer of their articles of clothes. And I had to go in and Photoshop and remove the background from them and add a drop shadow to literally thousands of items. And it was the most boring thing ever. I had flashbacks to college of this is not creative. This is not using any of my talent. Like a monkey could do this. This is horrible. It really felt kind of like a factory job that you were just pushing buttons. And after you pushed enough buttons, something came out the other side and it wasn't something that you actually created. Uh, so it did not fulfill me. Uh, and I 
left there. I started there on a Monday and I left there on a Friday. I was there for a whopping five days and I knew I could not do this. This was not for me. So I went back into retail management from there and worked there again for years and years. And really, once again, had those ups and downs of creativity. I tried multiple things and failed along the way. Tried to do clothing brands. I think a lot of people have done that. Um, Authoring and illustrating children's books. Tried that. Even tried to do interactive storybook apps for the iPad. I got an Apple Dev account and made an interactive iPad app. And no matter what I did, it always failed along the way. It never brought in the income that I hoped that it would. And it just kind of compounded that feeling that I was having before of, okay, I'm giving up on art because art's giving up on me. And then I would give up for you know months or a year. And then I would think, okay, why am I giving up? I need to get back to this. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And that was kind of something that repeated over and over and over again. It was definitely a cycle that I got stuck in and got the itch again after being in retail for some time. And back in 2012, decided, okay, art it has to be a thing. I've got to do something with it. So I left. I started my own business, opened up a business doing murals and caricatures for about a year and a half. It was really successful up until the point where I was involved in a car wreck. I was actually stopped making a left-hand turn and I was rear-ended by a gentleman in an E350 cargo van going 40 miles an hour. So needless to say, I was in physical therapy three times a week for six months and that just absolutely destroyed that business. So once again, back into the the retail side of things. And you can kind of see, I used retail management as kind of that uh, net, that safety net of catching me and knowing, okay, well, I can always go back to this because there's always a need for it. Uh, I was really successful with it, understood, you know, management, understood customer service, everything that went along with it and knew that I could always use that to fall back on. And kind of, like I said, use that as a safety net. So once again, did that forever. And then it was about four years ago that that feeling started seeping in again, like, okay, I need to do something with my art. Something's got to change. So I took a little bit of a different approach with it this time and just really went hardcore into building a portfolio and trying to build, you know, client relationships online. And like I said, going hardcore into this, it was pretty much a second full-time job. So I would wake up in the morning and do client work and do client outreach in the morning before I would go into my full-time job would work my, you know, eight, nine, 10, 12 hours sometimes because of course, salary managers, life sucks and you've got to do that stuff. And then once I got off, I would come home and once again, continue that client work. Uh, days off were just spent completely, you know, doing artwork, client work, doing social media stuff and getting out there and just kind of building that up more and more and more. And it finally got to a point in 2017 where everything that I was doing on the side finally hit a financial standpoint where it met what I was making from my full-time position. So that was when I decided, okay, if this can meet this, this is where I'm going to leave. And that's what I did. So 2017, I left and really focused a lot during that time on that client work. Client work is really, really demanding. There's constant deadlines. You've got constant revisions. And that's something we're going to talk about in upcoming episodes too, is client work, the pros, the cons, how you should approach it, how you should price it. For me personally, I've changed my business model over the past couple of years. I don't do any client work at all anymore. I don't do any commissions whatsoever. So that's definitely a different change. I know a lot of artists out there would say, what, how can you possibly do that? Like I've got to do client work all the time. I'm constantly trying to find new clients. I'm 
you know, constantly trying to build up these different client portfolios that I'm working on. And how would you give that up if you built that into something successful? And we'll talk more about that and how to approach it. So that's coming up in more episodes down the line. Uh, and then things started to change a little bit more than back in 2017. At the end of the year, I had a, uh, a post on Instagram that kind of went viral and I had a community manager from T public, which is a print on demand website, reach out to me and say, Hey, have you ever thought about using our platform before? And of course I had been familiar with some of the, the kind of, you know, t-shirt sites, but I didn't really understand print on demand. I know from years ago, kind of like the Zazzle thing was big, but I never really looked into it, never really understood it. So I thought, okay, well, if they're reaching out to me, this might be something. So let's dig into this a little bit further. And then of course, down the rabbit hole, I went, uh, of course, there's T public, there's Redbubble. I came across merch by Amazon, which was a couple of years old at the time, which has been something that's led me into so many different things that we'll talk about later. So I really started to change the way that I looked at things and really saw the value of doing print on demand. I saw the value of digital assets. And that was something that I continued then in 2018 and really focused on making stuff for myself, which then led the following year to just totally doing away with client work. Uh, see, 2018 then was when I first started on YouTube, kind of did YouTube on a whim, uh, being part of some of the groups on Facebook around print on demand, one of them being the Merch by Amazon Facebook group. Uh, you know, somebody had said, hey, is there a way or how do you approach making t-shirt designs with an iPad? And that's personally, you know, what I use to make uh, probably 95% of my work is the iPad. So I thought, okay, let me do like a quick little tutorial to show this person how I use the iPad and how you can make t-shirt designs with the iPad. And it was something, like I said, just did on a whim, did it really cheap and generic. I used the, just the screen capture program that's built into iOS to record everything, use the built-in mic from the iPad. So every time that I tapped on the screen with the Apple pencil, you could hear every single tap. There was really nothing to it. You know, fast forward, couple years down the line doing YouTube now, it's grown into something crazy. And I've got, you know, a full studio set up with three point lighting and overhead camera with DSLR. I've got professional studio mics, the whole nine. So it's definitely turned into something that I didn't see it turning into back then. Because once I posted that first video, I thought, okay, cool. Provided this information, kind of forgot about it for six months. And then I got back on YouTube after six months and I saw, oh, this has got views. This has got comments. Maybe I can turn this into something. And then I decided, okay, let me start uploading more to YouTube and fast forward a couple of years now, closing in on a hundred thousand subscribers here in the next couple of weeks. So it's definitely turned into kind of a whole beast and machine of its own that I'm super proud of and super delighted that it happened. Uh, so that's just one of the other side things that happened that I didn't really plan on. And then as I was doing all this other stuff, doing client work, doing the print on demand stuff, of course, doing everything from home, I started feeling, okay, I, I'm kind of missing out on that engagement that I had before. I feel like I should be doing more, or is there a way that I can give back now? And I had a previous relationship through a retail management position uh, with a gentleman who became the CEO of a local nonprofit studio here in town. It was a uh, art studio that basically serviced the developmentally disabled community. And they were looking, they got a grant for computers and were looking for someone to come in and instruct a graphic design class. So I ended up, uh, working down there for a little over a year doing graphic design instruction with them 
program, teaching a, a class on illustration and graphic design, got them into print on demand, set up programs too with them so that they could make extra money with their art. So they learned not only the graphic design portion of it, but they also learned the business portion, which was really cool. But as I was down there, then everything kept snowballing and getting bigger and every business started gaining and growing. So like I said, ended up leaving down there. After about a year, I had all the programs set up. Everybody knew what they were doing, got a, a replacement train to kind of continue on the program. And it was an awesome experience, made me really kind of realized that I had a real love and a passion for teaching, which kind of led over into the YouTube as well. So you can see a lot of the tutorials kind of started to change and how I approach stuff uh, using the, the techniques that I had learned down there as far as teaching and what worked and what didn't really kind of helped me grow as an instructor on YouTube and just kind of built up everything. So that was 2019 then that I left down there. And then 2020 really is just adding extra streams of income this year, uh, growing everything, adding more and more as time goes on, creating this podcast as, you know, an extra thing to give back and an extra way to reach a new community of listeners and kind of give you guys some information. So once again, why this podcast? So like I kind of touched on at the beginning of this episode, I know a lot of artists out there, they struggle with making money from their art. They think it's not possible or they think that, you know, there's a certain way that's working for this person. I see them, you know, posting stuff and let me follow their exact way of, of getting all these Instagram followers. And I'm going to ask people to follow me and I'll follow them. And that's how you do this. And there's a lot of misconceptions out there, a lot of stuff that doesn't work. And a lot of artists that honestly just kind of keep doing the same thing over and over again and expecting it to happen, but it doesn't. And I personally was that same way. Like I said, I had so many missteps uh, along the way of those years that I was talking about that I tried this and like trying the clothing companies and not approaching that right and trying to, to sell these books and not doing that right. And feeling just overwhelmed and depressed and frustrated because nothing worked out. Uh, that's really why I want to do this podcast is to give you guys my viewpoint, what I've learned along the years. And if I can save you guys some of the missteps that I took along the way, kind of free up some time and give you guys a little quicker path to success. That's really my goal. Today's story is really just showing you it did not happen overnight for me. Like I said, it was over 20 years that I spent doing retail management, not doing this as a full-time career. So just understand that it did not happen overnight for me. So if you feel frustrated, if you're just starting out, just know it doesn't have to be something that next week takes off for you. But hopefully I can speed up the process a little bit by kind of demystifying some of this stuff and answering some of the questions that you guys have along the way. Uh, and just know though, there's a lot of work that goes into it. So definitely keep that in mind and kind of see that my approach is a little bit different. So I know with my approach, some people, it's not going to be the best. Uh, some people kind of see my approach as a sellout. I don't necessarily design stuff just out of my head that I think, oh man, this is going to be cool and I'm going to draw this and people like me and people want to buy my stuff and that's what I'm doing. No, I really research what I want to design, what people are going to buy and I let that research sell first and foremost, over my name being attached to it. A lot of stuff that I do and sell online does not even have my name on it. 
uh, really do a lot of niche research, which is actually the topic of the next episode is talking about niches, what they are, how to do research on them. And that's one of the most important things starting out that you can kind of understand and get under your belt. Uh, but like I said, I don't use my name to sell stuff. I want the niche to sell it. I want the people that are looking for a certain item or a certain topic or, you know, an interest or a hobby. I want them to find it that way. Uh, I don't want to really rely on my name. So that's one of the cases that I look at things a little bit different. Uh, and then also, like I said, using everything digitally, uh, it's definitely a, a passive and residual income. So I create things once and it can sell over and over again uh, with, you know, a lot of artists, they'll make something one time and they sell that to a client and then that's done. They spent all that time on that one item. They got paid once. They never get paid again or artists, you know, creating maybe painting a canvas, same thing. They sell that canvas once. If they didn't make prints out of it, then they sell it once and they never make money again. Uh, and I think digital is really the way to go, especially with the, the current, you know, way that we live and the current society that we live in and the internet. And there's so many possibilities out there. I know another thing a lot of artists do too. They will do conventions or, you know, comic cons, stuff like that. They'll do craft and art fairs. And that for me doesn't work. That's not something that I do because number one, it's going to require upfront money. You're going to have the cost of the table and the booth, but then you're also going to have the cost of the product. So let's say you're doing prints. You're going to have to have all those printed up. How many of those aren't going to sell? Then you've got this inventory that you're carrying around with you. Of course, you've got, you know, travel and lodging expenses. If you're going to outside conventions with that, and then you know, if you're doing t-shirts, you've got a huge overhead with that, with doing the digital, especially the print on demand stuff. You don't have any overhead. There's no cost. You don't have any money tied up in anything. So there's no investment. Uh, I think the other thing too, that really sets me apart with my decades in retail management, I really understand consumer buying habits, really understand consumer, you know, just the way that they think. And then also customer service, which a lot of the stuff that we'll talk about, customer service isn't even required, but there's certain aspects that is, and I'll kind of help you along the way to kind of understand that as well. So really just more than anything, plain and simple, I want to empower and inspire you guys. I know what it's like to just want something so bad, want to make a career out of art and not have it happen. And I really want to tell you guys, it's possible, struggled with it for over two decades and kind of, I guess, broke the code on it. So that's what I want to share with you guys. It doesn't matter if you want to do it as a side hustle, just for some extra income, or if you want to turn it into a full-time career, I'm here to tell you it's possible. And I'm going to share all the information that I can in these episodes. All right, guys, that's it for today's episode. Just want to thank you for listening. Hopefully you gained some valuable information that you can apply to your own art business. If you want to check me out online, here's where you can find me. And I'll go ahead and link all these in the show notes as well. So I've got a YouTube channel called Let's Draw with BJ Dell, where I post drawing tutorials and digital art how-to videos. If you want to hop on over there, be sure to subscribe and hit the bell so you can get notified when I post new videos. My website is bjdell.com. You can check out some of my artwork over there. Plus, there's a contact form where you can send me any questions or suggestions for future episodes of the podcast. On Instagram and Twitter, I'm at bjdell. And last but not least, I have a private group for artists over on Facebook called Keep Creating a Learn, Draw, Share Art Community, where you can share your art, get feedback, and just meet some really cool, supportive people. So really want you guys to be a part of that as well, too. So hop on over there and join the group. Once again, thanks for listening. And if you could do me a favor and leave a review for the podcast on whatever platform you're listening on, and definitely share it with a fellow artist if you think they would enjoy it. So that's it for me. And until next time, keep creating.